0: And I've been waiting for the smile.
1: fire to the rain is quite a difficult and daunting task. So I apologize for the tech issues. um, And uh, I was working on it. I think um, it just so happens that it wants to tell me that it needs an update right as I am starting my show as well. But I was a little bit delayed. I've been so busy this morning in between phone calls. I have to respond to a new hit piece. But we're, we'll get to that later. Uh, for now, what we need to remember is history. And we need to remember uh, what is the most dangerous thing that demagogues and communists and dictators and uh, such fear. Now, this weekend, I'm hoping that I can get to it, but I've told you this before. The cities and the country, I mentioned it online, identifying as another sex over two decades Oh, actually two decades ago, um, that this was happening. And now there is a document that has been shared where the UN is describing cities and human settlements. What does that even mean? What do you mean, human settlements and cities? What does that mean? Now, that's terrifying, and that tells you everything you need to know. The difference between human with a capital H and human with a little H. We've been talking about that. So, um, you know, I've been extremely busy this morning. It's so incredibly busy it's not even funny uh, you know with phone calls and um you know having to respond to the new york times which by the way is like they're going to be defaulting on their loan in the next couple of months so they're going to have to refinance or maybe uh they can gain some money through some new bill uh that the democrats will give them considering they are assets of the federal government mouthpieces i guess of the unelected uh fourth branch so um I'm going to have to, uh, respond to that. Uh, but you know, <laughs> you need to be aware of all the changes that have been happening subtly, right. Um, you know, labels on food in the past couple of years, like for humans. And it's like, uh, what does that mean? I mean, you know that eating a tomato is for hu- humans you know that the potato chips you're eating are for, like, who else is going to be eating this food that you need to identify? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's quite incredible if you think about it. And, and, and it's considered a conspiracy theory, but it's right there. And in black and white, they clearly are discussing plans of cities and human settlements. Uh, and I warned the world about this over two decades ago online, identifying as a, as another sex. <laughs> so, um, where do we begin today? Should we begin with a conspiracy theory that was actually true? I think we need to examine it. Um, we need to examine this, um, conspiracy theory, but first we should listen to what, uh, president select, uh, Uh, Joe Biden, who can't tie his shoe, uh, said back in uh, 2020 before the elections. I think it's quite fascinating to hear, you know, blatant falsities that he stated. Lied to get a vote. I mean, we already know they do that. So why would this be different? Right. So here it is where he's saying he won't attempt to change the Supreme Court lifetime appointments listen to this
2: your commission look at how long serve on the court no
3: no 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 there, there, there is a question about whether or not it's a lifetime appointment I'm not going to attempt to change that at all there's some literature among constitutional scholars about the possibility of going from one court to another court not just always staying the whole time on the Supreme Court. But I have made no judgment. My word, My words about I've made no judgment. They're just a group of serious constitutional scholars have a number of ideas how we should proceed from this point on, and uh, that's what we're going to be doing. I'm going to give them 180 days, God willing, if I'm elected, and the time I'm sworn in to be able to make such a recommendation.
1: But you know, they knew they were going to lose, and regardless if the evidence and sworn affidavits are there. Right. And the evidence, most of the evidence for the election machines having software that encrypts, decrypts, but also has instructions in it was on the DNC server that was hacked. I mean, the FBI has that. Right. So where are you at? Where are you at? This is what they wanted to do. Now, mm, the only um, problem is, right, for them to be able to accomplish these things are um, people. Grassroots movements. What are grassroots movements? Those are terrifying. Terrifying to media. Terrifying to demagogues. Terrifying to anyone that wishes to control a population. Because that means that they do not control them. They cannot own them. They cannot hurt them enough where they will bend the knee and say, tell me what to do. Unlike many people, uh, you know, And like you heard uh, the employee of CNN say, grassroots movements always start out. And those are, you know, indeed, you know, dangerous for the ruling class because they can't control you and they fear you. Take a listen to what grassroots really means.
4: A grassroots movement, often referenced in the context of a political movement as defined by Webster's Third International Dictionary, is one which uses the people in a given district as a basis for a political or economic movement. Grassroots movements and organizations utilize collective action from the local level to affect change at the local, regional, national, or international level. Grassroots movements are associated with bottom-up, rather than top-down decision-making, and are sometimes considered more natural or spontaneous than more traditional power structures. Grassroots movements utilize a variety of strategies from fundraising and registering voters, to simply encouraging political conversation. Goals of specific movements vary, but the movements are consistent in their focus on increasing mass participation in politics. The idea of grassroots is often conflated with participatory democracy. The Port Huron statement, a manifesto seeking a more democratic society, says that to create a more equitable society, the grassroots of American society need to be the basis of civil rights and economic reform movements. The terms can be distinguished in that grassroots often refers to a specific movement or organization. Whereas participatory democracy refers to the larger system of governance.
1: Alarm, alarm, right? Because this is it. It's being participants in your nation. And they don't like that. Oh, no, no, no. You know, I think it actually, I, I understand, uh, you know, reading while I'm trying to like put qu- answers in. For these questions from the New York Times, again, circling back, they are to the um fundraiser that you guys did for me in secret. Um, you know, that terrifies them. I mean, they just have to sit and think. If my listener base raised a hundred almost a hundred thousand to buy a car and do whatever else I want with it, that terrifies them. Because one, I didn't ask for it, and two, it just happened. Which means If anything was to occur like a big lawsuit or to come after them or a big movement, I mean, what's to say we the people won't raise 10 times that amount for it, and that terrifies them? This is their problem. They're terrified. Why are you using Telegram to do legal efforts? Why do you care what people are doing? Why do you care? You know, that's the thing. Targeting me is targeting you. And they think that we can't raise dollar by dollar to bury propaganda into the ground. I mean, you know, it seems like grassroots movements aren't what they are portraying them to be. You know, they targeted your billboards that you're doing. Oh, I was like, I'm not running the billboard. Private citizens are, but they already knew that. They're intentionally making false claims, right? That's the way it is. Legal and lobbying efforts is a right of the people. It's as if they're saying you shouldn't be allowed to discuss collective efforts to recall elected people in office. So should everybody just go into caves or underground to do so? Are you saying that people shouldn't be discussing collaborative efforts to lobby their selected officials? I mean, Black Lives Matter can lobby, organize, obtain foreign funding for their efforts, right? and burn cities to the ground, but people unhappy with a level 4 bioweapons research lab in the middle of our nation's food supply shouldn't? Like, what? Like, what? See, both are just causes. You know, the root of the Black Lives Matter movement is a just cause, yes? They are biased. Facial recognition software, nine times out of ten, it'll erroneously identify a black man with a, a criminal because of the way it's set up. It's a just claim, right? But so it is a just claim to say, I, I don't want a bio, le- le- bio weapons level four lab smack in the middle of our nation's food production. So what one is a better claim than another that that, that that's just insane. It's insane. So this is a direct target because unlike many people, yeah, who listens, huh? They know I'm top 50 globally for news commentary. They know that I'm not a leftist or a rightist. I'm a centrist. And maybe this is why I have a big audience. I have millions of hours worth of streaming. And we go through history. We talk about everything. And yet there are people, and you guys know I watch them. I'll get into like really extremist streams on Twitch, right? I do that all the time. They're sitting there talking about how they're going to burn cities to the ground, how someone's not the right shade of skin color, so they should all die, right? These are the things they're discussing, but no one's talking about that. They're talking about people having conversations of how they can fix things they're unhappy with, without the use of violence, but with the use of the courts, with the use of the laws, within the law. That's pretty insane. But now I, you know, I'm kind of getting... The premise of this. I am the sole target of this. And, you know, it's going to be great because if they do target me, right, it'll just give the ability for me to, I mean, how could they even identify me as far right? He changed it from right wing to far right. And I'm like, when I think far right, I think of, you know, inbred Ali Akbar. And the groipers and insane people that were hired and thought that storming the Capitol was a good idea. That's far right. And when I think far left, I think of that insane girl dancing about her abortion in the middle of the Capitol, smacking a 90 year old man that said everyone has the right to life. I think of people that burn businesses and houses to the ground. And, and, and I think of all the people that actually were protesting for black lives that really believe in their cause being infiltrated by looters. I mean, when did someone say, Oh, I feel so oppressed. I'm going to go steal a television set. Like seriously. So this is, this is it. I mean, I'm center. I agree. And I find merit in a lot of arguments that people have. And that is the way we are supposed to be. That's what balance is. Um, So, you know, then they're asking me why there's a Q in my name. It's like, you already know the answer to that. Do you want me to answer it? Because I won't. But the question is, have they asked in QTEL why they have a Q in their name? What about their Q&A section? What about any company that uses the letter Q? And for the record, my O and Tori changing to a Q, well, that was actually used from 2016. So way before anything, but, you know, targeted harassment, right? I mean, they already know that one of the people uh, that was spearheading these whole billboards passed away. Chad apparently with his motorcycle struck two deer. I don't know how that happens and died on the scene. Um, maybe they're upset that we have a fundraiser for him, too. To help his family with funeral costs, right? He was the one leading um, with another two people in the state of Ohio uh, for their billboard campaign. Are they upset that we're all banding together and helping each other? Is that what it is? Are they jealous that we are connecting as a community should and using uh, the cyberspace to do so? That's what it sounds like. I mean, he's like, you were, you know, spreading like broadly debunked theories. And it's like, wait, hold on. What do you mean broadly debunked? I mean, Jesus was crucified for his ideology. And because he spread messages or theories that were broadly debunked, what is broadly debunked? Russia collusion takes a while. Turns out it was a conspiracy theory. Joe Biden not packing the Supreme Court takes a while. But boy, isn't that funny? Huh? So that's the thing. It's, 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 it's targeted harassment and they're coming after people so they can cause them fiscal and mental anguish. And that's great because that's how lawsuits are won because it can be demonstrated. I've already told you, don't pay me anything. You should represent me the way I am. And bottom line is my stuff is made for adults. If you don't want to watch my things, then you should not watch my things. You have that choice, but to, Sit there when you already know who I am. I mean, say it. I know they want to say it, but they can't say it. Because then, like the blob, I'll become even stronger. Say it. I know you want to say it. I know you're upset, but say it. Everybody knows, but nobody wants to say it. Everybody does. But that's okay. Grassroots movements are how the United States of America came to be all right? That's how they knew that it was the right thing to do. Because a united America is an unstoppable America. Unstoppable. Completely unstoppable. And they know that. While I may not have uh an insane bot following, which by the way, did you guys see that? I think they were setting me up. There was another Twitch account. I saw it maybe a couple weeks ago. It had like 200 followers. And it was on Twitch. And it, was going by the name Tori Says UG, right? And they would broadcast my shows. Look, I don't mind if you like recreate my shows or post my clips. I'm totally fine with it. But they were legit impersonating me and they were like live for charity, right? And from 200, uh, maybe a week or two ago to just a couple days ago, someone saw them with like 2,000 followers. They had gone up to 16,000 followers, and getting subscribers. So the question is, were they setting me up where Twitch would have removed my channel and then presented that as mine? Who knows? Who knows? The bottom line is, anything is game with these people. And that's the thing. They were all bot accounts. I mean, I don't know. Did every single one of you sign up to that channel? I know that from a couple hundred people that I've seen said, no, you know, so they're trying to paint a picture. I mean, you know, the attorney general already lost in the Supreme Court using every freaking card he had to throw it out. So what better way than to do this? That's what I'm saying. So if you guys didn't sign up for that Twitch channel, who did? Does that mean that, um, internet, um, interactive internet assets are being used on Twitch as well? That's interesting because I noticed that the person that was having it was literally a bot account. The person that donated the first thing was a bot account. So there are so many people trying to impersonate me. Obviously, I'm a verified partner. I've been an Amazon customer for like forever. Right. And you, you guys know that too. I mean, I use it for gaming as well. And it, it's, it's not like, Twitch can make that error and say, I don't know who she is. They have all my information, my social security number, my address, my bank account, and for they have everything. So it's not like Twitch would make that, but a loser reporter, you know, that wants to create a narrative can pretend that that's my page. Because it was quite funny that while we were talking on stereo, huh? It disappeared. It completely disappeared. I actually emailed um, Twitch support and um, they told me how to fill out a DCMA report for impersonation or whatever. Now, again, I don't care if you share my content. I really don't care if, you know, you recreate my content. I really don't. It's out there for you to use and reuse, obviously not putting skewing the content, of course, right? I'm game with that. But if you're going to impersonate me, Right? I mean, first of all, do a better job, right? Second of all, remember, I may not have two hundred thousand visible followers in one platform, but those are all eyes that are looking after me because I look after them. What do the three musketeers say? All for one, one for all, where we go, one, we go, all? That's the way it works. We all look after each other like brothers and sisters, and that's what they don't. Like the only channel I have on Twitch is the one that you're watching. And so they don't seem to understand how unity works because in their world, they don't see, they don't have it, right? They don't have it. They don't have unity. They don't have love for another unconditionally. They don't have tolerance because if you have tolerance, you're okay. I mean, one of the questions posed to me was, are you a QAnon believer? I mean, obviously, the response I've crafted in my draft somewhere is, I don't know that religion, but it seems quite intrusive, right? It's like, what is that? There's no such thing as QAnon. I mean, what is that? There's Q, the letter of the alphabet, and then Anon, which is short for anonymous. So I'm like, so confused. I mean, the Q is now the new Swatsika. That means that... Lots of people should be removing that letter. We should just ban it from the, that's how stupid it sounds. But I know exactly what he wanted to do. I mean, he's just too, (sighs) he just doesn't want to do it. And I know they don't because then that makes me the blob. And then, oh boy. So that's on you. I mean, he even uh, went to ask me, like, oh, you're spreading conspiracy theories about elections. Like, I'm just like, dude, I made, uh, I swore under penalty and perjury. I have firsthand knowledge about the election machines. There's information about all election machines on the DNC server that was supposedly hacked. Like, how can, you know, conversations with people get very difficult when facts and evidence are not valued, but the perception is right? The perception is, right? The perception, right? Maybe we should have LGBTQ drop the Q too because that's a conspiracy theory. Drop the Q. If you're queer, you're a conspiracy theory, apparently. Any letter Q. Like this is how insane they are. And this is a global paper. And this guy usually writes really good pieces on tech. I think he should stick with it. You know, he's on Twitter complaining about boba balls and a shortage of having bubble tea. Well, does he know that one of the people that actually own one of the biggest company of bubble tea balls, you know, those tapioca balls, is actually a staunch Q follower? So weird. And, but he's crying because he's not going to have bubble tea because bubble tea is your problem right now. It's not the rising costs in healthcare. It's not the rising costs in living. It's not the rising cost in, um, uh, what, it, what, what was the, oh, in your taxes. I mean, there's people crying about taxes. Uh, so it's pretty, um,
0: <laughs>
1: it's so insane. I mean, damn, you think they'll bail out the New York Times again? I mean, they are the failing New York Times. I think maybe President Trump should buy them. That would be ultimate. Like, in a secret shell company, or maybe all of us can join together and buy the shit out of- You know, if all of us got together and bought the New York Times, we could actually do that. Like, if each of us, like, contributed $10. Like, all my... I have millions of listeners around the world. If we each contributed to, like, an... <laughs> And we purchased the New York Times. That would be so sweet. I mean, and they wouldn't even see us coming. I mean, who knows? Maybe we bought Twitter already and nobody knows that. Or something else. Just saying. See, that's the thing. We could buy anything we want. Because we can do anything we want. We are in a nation that allows us to say whatever we want. Actually, I wanted to say, I don't know if I should, but I'll probably, you know, email Tom McDonald. Um, I used one of his phrases, um, <laughs> my thing. I was like, uh, the bottom line is, if you don't like someone's content, it's simple. Don't watch it. My content's for adults. They can choose what they want to watch to and listen to. Don't like knitting. Don't watch knitting channels. There's a big difference between hate speech and speech that you hate. And that was a line from Tom McDonald's songs. You know, um, I, who I like, you know, he's got some good one liners, right? That I believe is one of the most important things. And I use that all the time when someone's like, I mean, yeah, and I was like, look, there's a big difference between hate speech and speech that you hate. Period. And, you know, we are in a, in a nation that adores the first amendment and it's never going to be nice. It's never going to be what you want to hear. There's a lot, you know, in, in some reality, you know, I'm not fat, right? <laughs> in some reality, I'm healthy. In some reality, I have badass hair. It's not in this reality, right? And so that, is speech that I hate when someone tells me your hair looks like shit or, um, you know, you're kind of fat, you know, or I mean, I mean, it's facts, but <laughs> it still hurts. So it's speech that I hate, not hate speech. You see what I mean? So it's, it's so incredible. I mean, we could, and th- that's what they're terrified. And I know why they're targeting me. Maybe it started as something else. I know they're targeting other people. And, <clears throat> you know, for me, when he was like, oh, I'm just looking at far right. I'm like, dude, that's disgusting. Like putting me in the same box with Ollie, tiny dancer, operative, crazy, Ollie Aqua. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Like, ugh. Like, I just threw up in my mouth just a little bit. Um, (laughs) so, um, it's, it's, it's quite incredible. I mean, I'm not going to kind of go into too much with my response. I've been trying to do it, guys, but I've been so busy today. It's just, it's just cray cray because I have, Tons of stuff I need to put out. I got more Hunter stuff while people are fanning Parmesan and bullshit. There's actually real stuff in there. There's stuff in there about the Obama admin. There's stuff in there about Hillary Clinton. There is so much stuff that nobody is looking at. It's so annoying. In the meantime, we're making waves on whatever they're finding out with the elections. Uh, that's going to come to fruition at some point. You know, right now. Everyone's going to be pushing climate fear. We all have to remember Suzuki, who told everyone, right, she was the mouthpiece. She was like the Greta Thunberg of the time, where hairspray just made holes in the ozone layer. But in fact, it was volcanoes. And once the volcanoes calmed down, the hole in the ozone layer repaired itself. But, you know, that's a a conspiracy (laughs) That's actually science. They actually determine that. So now we're having a lot of volcanoes erupt. And I've I've mentioned that. And I've mentioned the underwater one that nobody wants to talk about because that's dangerous. But we'll be fine. We will be fine. So while we have other things to worry about, we're worried about, you know, some Fifi's hurt or someone not liking or the panic of not having bubble tea. Like, are you kidding make your own tapioca balls and make your own. I do. I've made it the first time. It didn't really come out well. Right. (laughs) But, um, other times, uh, it has. So I think it's important that we visit. Okay. You guys know that I'm on, I'm a centrist and I love, I love, love, love truth. Well, here's a leftist. I know a lot of you don't like him. I subscribed to him. I support the crap out of him. I even bought a t-shirt of his. Okay. Um, it's hip Hughes, right? And, um, he actually puts a lot of stuff together. That's really good. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a lefty and that's fine. He's, he's more liberal than I would like him to be, but he does stick to the facts, even though he has certain ideologies and wants he's pretty middle of the road when it comes to facts. So this is from 2013. I want you to hear about FDR Supreme court packing plan explained. It's quite fascinating from his eyes. Remember, he's a lefty. So are you going to target him? Or wait a minute. You know, I'm right wing. I'm far right. Why would I be promoting? (laughs) See how dumb this is? So dumb. So let's take a listen to what he has to tell us. Because I thoroughly enjoy his videos, even though I don't agree with a lot of the spins he put on stuff lately, because, you know, people have been polarized over the past four years with the conspiracy theories that the mainstream media had been peddling, like Russia collusion or Joe Biden's not packing the court, you know, stuff like that.
5: Hey guys, welcome to Hughes History. I just got an accent. How weird was that? My name is Mr. Hughes and we serve up learning on the internet. Good and special for you, crispy and crunchy. Um, We're going to do the court packing plan of 1937. FDR's famous court packing plan. Explain it to you in everyday language so you know it forever. So this is perfect if you're in a United States history course. It could even really be middle school, high school, or college. It's going to be on the exam. Cross my heart, hope to die. Um, But if you're living in your parents' basement, you got a big bowl of Cheetos and you're just watching, you can keep watching. It'll make you a little bit smarter. It might even be on Jeopardy. Who knows? So, are you ready? I'm ready. So, on your marks, get set, let the learning go. Go. All right, so, really basic information. Um, FDR is elected in 1932. He feels as though he has a mandate to attack the problems of the Great Depression. He goes through a series of... uh, New Deal successes, um, early in his presidency. Uh, We look at him closing the banks and um, the implementation later on of the FDIC, uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority, the Civilian Conservation Corps, the Work Progress Administration. He really is kind of doing pretty good in terms of getting his New Deal programs passed and really not having too many judicial challenges, um, but that's gonna change. And that's gonna change um, on a multiple of fronts, but the two big ones, the ones that are definitely gonna be on the test, are gonna be the National Recovery Act and the Agricultural Adjustment Act, the NRA, um, and the AAA. These two programs are going to be found to be unconstitutional. And of course, this is an unwritten judicial review power that springs from Marbury versus Madison, one of those early John Marshall cases. And the Supreme Court is basically looking at challenges to the law based on their constitutionality. Is the president and Congress going too far with this piece of legislation? All right, guys, let's look at two Supreme Court cases that um, found New Deal programs to be unconstitutional. And we're going to keep it really simple. Um, one of the court cases, Shetner poultry versus United States. This found the NRA, the National Recovery Act, had exceeded its constitutional bounds. It was unconstitutional. It's based on the Interstate Commerce Clause. We're not going to get into it. And the other court case you can see up there is Butler versus United States. And this knocked down the AAA or the Agricultural Adjustment Agency based on an unconstitutional tax. We don't have to really understand those court cases other than to use them to illustrate that the New Deal is being found unconstitutional. And this is where FDR just flips his lid, right? He goes nuts. What do they know? What do they know? So he comes up with this court packing plan. And we're not going to get, again, too much into the weeds here. But um, basically, uh, I think it was if any Supreme Court justice that was serving for 10 years, um, was 70 years old, didn't retire in six months, that he could appoint a new Supreme Court justice up to six justices. And he used kind of the argument that you needed more justices because there's more cases and it's kind of an aging court. We need to get some young blood in there. But of course, this is really blatant, guys. He wants to change the court because he wants to change the ruling. Um, And this is where we get the negative kind of connotations of uh, separation of powers. It looks like it's violating that. Checks and balances, it looks like it's violating that. And even though it's technically not unconstitutional because you can ask Congress to pass a law, it stinks. Um, FDR, I think, made a mistake doing this, not only because of those reasons. It's going to feed the fire. You already have people calling him a socialist and he's tyrannical. He's a dictator. Sounds familiar of current day politics, right? Kind of really extreme language, but that feeds the fire. It makes it look like he's kind of doing this. Look at the cartoon up there, right? It's that idea that if we let him do this, what's next? Ho, ho, ho. So make sure that you understand that. Now, what actually happened at the end of the day, because we're going to wrap this up. We're keeping this simple. We're attacking. Right. The Democrats control two branches. What are they trying to do? Change that third branch. That's why we call it court packing. Um, Technically, it's called the Judiciary Reform Act. 1937. 1937. Man, I hope that's right. I just always call it the court packing plan. But the words are up there. So if I made a mistake, I can change it. Um, but at the end of the day, the bill actually dies in the Senate. Um, the leader of the Senate, I believe, had a heart attack, and he was kind of spearheading the, you know, the, the move. And already, in public opinion, you know, changing. So with the death of the uh, majority leader in the Senate, the bill just kind of, kind of went away. Um, and I think it's important to understand that not only that, but FDR um, really, I think, messed up his second term a little bit. This is in 1937. The you know the, the move and you already have public opinion you know I'm changing. So with the death of the uh, majority leader in the Senate, the bill just public opinion you know I'm changing. So with the death of the uh, majority leader in setting the, the you know the, the move and you already have public opinion you know I'm changing. So with the death of the uh,
1: I just wanted you guys to hear that
5: uh, majority leader in the Senate, the bill just kind of kind of went away. Um, and I think it's important to understand that. Not only that, but FDR um, really, I think, messed up his second term a little bit. This is in 1937. He just took over again, right, his second election. And uh, now he's getting knocked down with his court packing plan. Public opinion is dropping a little bit. And it really took some of his mojo away in terms of passing New Deal legislation. So that might have been a mistake. So make sure that you understand the court packing plan. I just talk too much, guys. So court packing plan, 1937 FDR. Separation of powers. You could write about it.
1: Love him. Yes or no? I mean, I follow him. I really love his content. I really wish he was on Twitch too. I would totally subscribe to his channel and cheer the crap out of him. Even though I don't agree with everything he says, he's pretty straight to the point. I mean, let's break out those FDR cartoons right now. All those memes right now. I mean, it's funny, right? Uh, what happened? Did he say that, um, he, um, uh, died all of a sudden, right? Um, I wanted you to remember something. Let me just show you how things are. So wasn't it just um a while back that there were stories out how Mitch McConnell wants to handpick his successor? That came right after he was totally beat up and was black and blue and they told us he tripped. I'm just saying I'm not saying I'm just pointing something out. I mean <laughs> You know, why would he be advocating in Kentucky to uh find himself a successor when he's still in office? And then what happened back there? The bill was quashed because the Senate majority leader unexpectedly died. I guess we need to know who that successor is, right? You see what I'm trying to say? History does repeat itself. We can actually go into more detail, and we should, to understand the gravity of court packing and what it is and what it means, because it's quite interesting if you uh, look at what has been discussed and what is being. Bloomberg Quick Take did a great report on court packing uh, last year, and I think it's um, quite um, quite interesting um, to see what they had to say. Uh, I actually enjoy some of their videos. Well, a lot of their videos. They are very concise and, and, and quite centrist sometimes. I mean, they're biased, but they're also fair sometimes. So let's take a look at this.
6: Oops. Gosh darn
1: it. Here we go. In 1937,
6: President Roosevelt had a problem. A majority on the Supreme Court, led by these guys, the conservative wing known as the Four Horsemen, had spent the previous year striking down many of the laws passed as part of Roosevelt's New Deal. So FDR decided his next reform would be the court itself.
7: For each justice over the age of 70, and there were, I think, six of them at the time, he would add a new justice to the court. So that meant he was gonna massively transform the court and put on loyalists to him.
6: Congress overwhelmingly voted down his proposal, and no president has tried to increase the number of justices on the court since. But what does the Constitution say? When drafting the Constitution, the framers knew the new country needed a Supreme Court to weigh in on legal challenges to the nation's laws, but they didn't know exactly to what extent it would provide a constitutional check on Congress and the executive branch. In fact, it wasn't until 1803 in Marbury v. Madison that the court first ruled a government action unconstitutional, officially establishing the act of judicial review. So in the beginning, the framers kept the details about what the court should look like pretty vague. Article 2 of the Constitution gives the president the power to nominate a justice and the Senate the ability to confirm him or her. And Article 3, which establishes the judiciary, says only that justices hold their offices during good behavior. We'll get back to what this means later and that they get a salary that can't be diminished. That's it. They left all the other details up to Congress.
7: The size of the Supreme Court is actually up to Congress to specify by law that actual number is not in the Constitution.
6: Noah Feldman literally wrote the book that law students use to learn constitutional law. He says the framers wanted to give Congress the flexibility to shape the court in response to the needs of a growing nation.
7: The Judiciary Act of 1789, one of the first important laws that was passed, specified the size of the Supreme Court. And they actually started with six justices at the time.
6: From nearly the beginning, politics played a role in shaping the size of the court. During his lame duck session, President John Adams signed a law bringing the court down to five justices. The following year, Thomas Jefferson, who felt the move was an attempt to limit his power, signed legislation to reverse Adams's law before it could go into effect. Over the next 60 years, Congress largely tied the number of justices on the Supreme Court to the number of circuit courts in the rapidly growing country. In 1863, with the creation of the 10th circuit, the court got its 10th justice. But in the wake of Abraham Lincoln's assassination, Congress trimmed the court to seven justices to prevent President Andrew Johnson from loading it with Southern Democrats. A few years later, the new Republican president, Ulysses S. Grant, set the number back to nine under the Judiciary Act of 1869. That's where things stood, until FDR.
8: But we cannot yield our constitutional destiny to the personal judgment of a few men who, being fearful of the future, would deny us the necessary means
7: of dealing with the present. FDR's court-packing plan ran into two major problems. The first was that the sitting justices, including moderate and liberal justices, were deeply opposed to it because they thought it would delegitimate the institution. The second is that lots of Democrats, especially in the Senate, were sensitive to the charge that Roosevelt was basically trying to make himself a dictator. The Democrats already controlled the House and the Senate, and they controlled the presidency. And if they also controlled the Supreme Court, there would be no check on his power at all.
8: I shall not be a part to breaking down the checks and balances of the Constitution. This is more power than a good man should want or a bad man should have.
6: Roosevelt's plan was defeated in Congress, but that doesn't mean his gambit was a failure. On the next round of challenges to the New Deal that made it to the court, Justice Owen Roberts left the Four Horsemen and voted with the court's liberal wing. While Roberts never explained his change, Some historians speculate he was swayed by FDR's attempt.
1: Another Justice Roberts? So interesting.
6: The so-called switch in time that saved nine was the ultimate compromise. It kept the Supreme Court intact and saved the agenda of an ambitious president. No president has tried to change the size of the court since.
7: It's really, really, really hard to pack the court. Don't take up a plan to do court packing unless you have a lot of confidence that you have the votes in advance to get it done. It's just extremely hard to do.
6: One big problem with expanding the court is that there's nothing stopping the next president and Congress from doing the same. Then the next president adds more, and the next president after that. Before long, the Supreme Court starts to look like this.
9: And now you're a out of town. Oh, no, I ain't. Oh, yes, you are. Sure? Oh, no, I ain't. Oh!
6: So what other options do presidents and Congress have to alter the makeup of the court? One idea is term limits for justices. There's just one problem. That line from the Constitution, the one that says judges shall hold their office during good behavior. It doesn't say it directly, but good behavior has always been interpreted to mean that judges would serve for life unless they were impeached. The idea was that a justice should be independent and insulated from political pressure. The problem is that it's made Supreme Court nominations rare, and now they're highly politically charged. One proposal gaining traction is to create 18-year term limits for Supreme Court justices, staggered so a new justice is confirmed every two years. Proponents say this could work by giving the retiring justice senior status and rotating them to a lower court. In fact, three members of Congress have introduced legislation that would do just that. But Noah Feldman has his doubts.
7: To my mind, that represents a very problematic and doubtful reading of the Constitution and of its intent. It doesn't seem to be consistent with our tradition of how we've come to understand Supreme Court tenure.
6: Ultimately, the best approach might just be the old-fashioned one. Wait until a seat opens up.
7: It's very hard to use ordinary statutory reforms to change an institution that has its roots in the Constitution. If you ask me, is there a mechanism of reform that stands out as simple and easy and that wouldn't break the institutional capacity of the court, I don't see one at the moment.
1: Interesting. The most interesting part is that the Constitution claimed that they should have Good behavior, right? Article three: The president, with the advice and the consent of um the the Senate, shall nominate judges of the Supreme Court, right? And then it goes: Article three, section one: The judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court. Judges shall hold their offices during good behavior. State is about to get super cray cray. Now, the question for many people is: Are how do you you know how do you remove a Supreme Court justice? Like, can you actually? impeach a Supreme Court justice? That's what someone needs to ask themselves. But and a good example is that in West Virginia, Supreme Court Justice Davis w- was impeached, was impeached. So Supreme Court justices get appointed, but they can also get impeached. And right now, did you know that about three years ago, there has been an underground movement that not a lot of people have been paying attention to? This is really going to freak you out because this is the only person that has actually voiced any concerns about the overreach of power, right? And, um... I, I don't think anybody knows about this. Now we talked about Marbury. I did a whole show on that because that was very, a very important show. So uh, I would encourage you to go back to when we did it. I think it was last year, and um, uh, you know, listen to it. Uh, it uh, is a wealth of information. Now there are calls to impeach Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and impeachment grows louder in the age of now. Well, no, there isn't. I haven't heard of it. I guess you haven't been listening to the right news. For
10: reexamination re-examination of one of its members in the age of Me Too. During Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's confirmation hearings in 1991, his former colleague Anita Hill accused him of sexual harassment, saying Thomas repeatedly asked her out, refused to take no for an answer, and regularly cornered her to talk about sex.
2: On several occasions, Thomas told me graphically of his own sexual prowess. Because I was extremely uncomfortable talking about sex with him at all, and particularly in such a graphic way, I told him that I did not want to talk about
0: these subjects.
10: This was the first time this type of sexual harassment was brought to light in such a high profile public way. Even after this testimony, an all white, all male Senate committee approved Thomas's nomination following his pointed defense.
11: This is a circus. It's a national disgrace. And from my standpoint, as a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high tech lynching for uppity blacks. Who in any way deign to think for themselves, to do for themselves, to have different ideas?
10: What many didn't know, though, was that Anita Hill was not the only woman with a story like this to tell about Thomas. Among the facts prompted a uh, prompting former New York Times executive editor Jill Abramson to re-examine his case in a New York Magazine piece entitled "The Case for Impeaching." Clarence Thomas. Jill Abramson has been covering the story for decades. She's also a senior lecturer at Harvard. It's so good to meet you, Jill. Thanks for being here.
8: Thank you. So you're
10: arguing for a time of reckoning, 27 years after the fact. Why now?
2: Well, why now is because of the Me Too wave of allegations. And it just struck me when Senator Gillibrand came forward and said it was time to look with new eyes at Bill Clinton's uh, treatment of women, that that's that's fine. And I think she's right. But I felt like the, you know, the Clarence Thomas Anita Hill case was sort of patient zero of sexual harassment, but so that, why not look at that one too?
10: Would you have felt the same way had you not, you wrote about this woman uh, Morris Smith from uh, right. in 1999, says she was groped at mm-hmm. a dinner by Thomas, obviously after his confirmation, she never talked about it publicly until the uh, Access Hollywood tape, I guess in October you also mentioned the reason none of us ever heard of it which I had not till I read your piece is because Comey right. announced the reopening of the Clinton thing Then, were it not for the Smith revelation Would you be arguing the same thing, that we should take another look at the Thomas uh, situation?
2: Well, I think, yes, I would have. I thought, you know, the the Smith case is so important because it involves his behavior since he's been on the court. But um, I found additional evidence that was not brought before the public or... Um, to the Judiciary Committee back in 1991 showing overwhelmingly that Clarence Thomas lied. Give us an example, uh, like what, for
10: example?
2: Well, there were many people who knew at the time of the hearings that he was a habitual pornography Mm -hmm. user and that the very characters that, you know, we remember Anita Hill testifying about Long Dong Silver Mm -hmm. Um, and others, that those were precisely movies that he had talked about. So it's not that
10: he consumed Uh, pornography, but that he lied about consuming pornography.
2: Well, and that the fact that he was a habitual consumer and he talked endlessly about pornographic movies.
1: So uh, apparently um, Justice uh, Thomas likes to watch porn. This chick doesn't, right? Neither does that dude right? Neither does Roberts. (laughs) Then why was he hanging out with Epstein? I'm just confused. Um, So that was their premise that he watched pornography and then the other lady was uncomfortable talking about it. That was the premise. That was the discussion. So it's like me telling you how I loved uh, one of the first episodes of Game of Thrones that had the most softest porn ever and it was so hot, you know, between Khaleesi and Drago. Like, me too
10: yourself now.
2: Quick, quick. Me too yourself right now. It really helped bolster her credibility. So yeah. but if, if
10: Jill, if lying is the criterion for reexamination, then you could write the exact same piece about Donald Trump, I
12: assume.
2: Yeah, right? but Clarence Thomas is on the highest court of the land, uh, and he has a lifetime apport- appointment on that court. He is not subject, as Donald Trump will be, yeah. to a judgment yeah, right? He shouldn't be
1: watching porn or having sex. How dare he? He should just be celibate like all those pedo-Catholic priests. That's what he should do. He should just be celibate because he's on the highest court of the land. I mean, does that apply only to him because he's black? Or are we just going to ignore Justice Roberts with, you know, escapades and Wrongful adopt weird adoptions in Malta. And damn, there's so much. And phone calls with the Obama administration. Are we going to ignore it? Now, you guys tell me that the guy asking her question doesn't look like he divulges in watching porn. I'd say that he's even entertained
2: with anime. Can you
10: talk about one person still in the news uh, without whose action likely uh, Thomas wouldn't have been confirmed. Joe Biden, who uh, talks a lot about how he's a champion of women's rights, I think he can say made a deal with the devil, the Republicans on all white, all men on the committee. Mm-hmm. What was that deal that caused a significant number of potential corroborators of Hill's testimony to not testify?
2: The deal was simply that he would not allow in any evidence concerning "Quote unquote," Clarence Thomas's private use of pornography—that why, why? had to be workplace re- related. But why, why did you cut that deal? I think because back then, you know, was an all male committee, and you know there were plenty of Democrats on the committee that had problems of a sexual nature in their recent past like ted kennedy had Who was the, virtually um, silent this sat there almost with a paper bag over his head and that you know there's a feeling of like if we start to go there it will just be endless but does race uh, have any, i
10: hadn't thought i'm embarrassed to say about this until i read mm-hmm. your piece because obviously clarence thomas is black anita hill is black right before and- women who uh, uh, didn't at least testify publicly? Were black. on the phone. Yes. were black, and it was an all-white male judiciary right. committee. Is was race part of
2: the well, decision? Well, race to muzzle permeated land? the the hearings, and I think once Clarence Thomas uttered those Good remarkable words. words you just played, that that put you know the the white politicians on the committee back on their heels, and it. It frazzled them and muzzled them in a way they didn't want to be seen as lynching a black man up on Capitol Hill. You know,
10: for people watching this who are maybe weren't alive through this who maybe don't follow the SCOTUS, the Supreme Court as closely as you do. uh, Give us an example or two of what having a man credibly accused of sexual harassment has meant to women sitting on the court for 27, 26 years. What, what has he been a key vote on? That-
2: He's been, you know, a key vote. He's been part of, you know, there's the razor thin, uh, conservative majority, often five, four votes on the court. And by and large, Clarence Thomas has not been a friend to women, women's health. Uh, even on the issue of sexual harassment itself, he was part and- of a majority opinion. That um, reduced the definition of who could be sued as a supervisor. He wouldn't be
10: confirmed today, right? Uh, you agree with, with that? I, or do I you. don't
2: think he would have been confirmed today. I
10: think I read you say in an interview your end game is not, you don't think he's about to be impeached for logistics. I'm
2: a political realist. Okay, then, so if, that, if, if that's the case, then
10: what I, I'm guessing, without having heard you say this, that your end game may be an Alex Kaczynski kind of thing for those who haven't heard the appellate court judge I think on the right, Ninth circuit
2: resigned for after being incredibly accused
10: of yeah. so is, is is that your hope that the, that the 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 focus on this rises to such a level that there may be pressure on Thomas
2: to say I'm out of here is that Yeah I mean as a realist too I mean Clarence Thomas vowed at the point he was confirmed he was 43 years old, that he would serve on the court for at least 43 years. So I don't actually think he, he will resign, but I think there should be some accountability. And, more.
10: Jill, it's a pleasure to meet oh, you. Thank you, so much, thank you. thank you so you much. Thank you so much. Read it in New York magazine.
1: Yeah, we're not going to read it. I mean, can we say vocal fry? That's deeply annoying. I've had someone um, that I knew that worked for a PR agency and I thought, who the hell thought it was a great idea to hire this person and make them vice president. Here's how she spoke. I don't know how we're going to um, put the presentation together. I was just an utter shock. Vocal fries irritate me. It's like you're watching someone. You're like with your mouth hanging open. Like finished your freaking sentence. That woman was so annoying, so self, you know, absorbed, and so into her, you know, celibacy. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't by choice. <laughs> just dumb. Uh, <laughs> she, she was celibate. But not by choice. Kind of like the guy that shot up all the Asian hookers and the pimp and the wife in Georgia. But apparently it's Asian hate crime. Right. Not because he was a horny soy boy. Right. That couldn't get some because he was celibate. Not by choice. So um it's pretty interesting how they're going after Thomas. And Thomas has been the most outspoken. And when we discuss good behavior, how are they going to revisit something he was already confirmed? So if he was already confirmed, you can't use that argument, period. It's like double jeopardy. But having said that, we've got Chief Justice Roberts. But the question is, do you want to get rid of him now with an insane selected and promoted by the mainstream, not grassroots, but mainstream as your selected president and Kamala insane devil Harris to have the choice? Because you know they're going to throw in Barack Hussein Obama or Loretta Lynch, remember the tarmac meeting? Or maybe Eric Holder, remember how he screwed General Flynn? I mean, did he? Mm. I mean, why would you go there when you know Eric, Eric Holder has, you know, Pakistanis... Transferring intelligence back to I, I to ISI right underneath the room that you're interviewing your supposed client. Just saying, just saying. So here it is, and the thing is, this already began on February 5th, 2021, and it was on February 22nd, 2021 that we saw that there is going to be a battle. Now, there was an old radio show from March 2010 where um, this person is talking about FDR's battle with the Supreme Court. I want you guys to listen to his take on this. It's quite it's quite fascinating. Um, I was quite impressed to have found this um, today. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to share this with my listener base. This is from WNYC. Take a listen
13: between the president. Congress's passage of Barack Obama's health care legislation on Sunday has prompted a new round of comparisons between the president and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who fought a similar battle to get his New Deal programs enacted during the Great Depression. As you probably heard of during the news, attorneys general for a dozen states have already threatened to challenge the constitutionality of the plan in court. And if that comes to pass, the White House may want to pick up a copy of a book called Supreme Power. In it, Jeff Shessel details how FDR tried unsuccessfully to pack the Supreme Court with liberal judges after the court's conservative majority shot down many of his social welfare programs. The book is published by Norton. I'm very pleased that it brings Jeff Schessel back to our show. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. The attorneys general of Virginia, Florida, and South Carolina are among those who suggested they may challenge the constitutionality of President Obama's health care plan. Don't they argue it violates the constitution by requiring individuals to purchase health insurance?
11: That's right. They're arguing their case already on a couple of different grounds. Uh, one uh, on grounds that the Federal government generally has no business telling the states what to do. That's probably the weakest argument that they're making, and the other is on the grounds of the Commerce Clause, arguing that uh, the Interstate Commerce Clause gives Congress no power to tell the tell individuals that they have to buy health insurance. Uh, I, I don't. I'm
13: sure you don't know, but how likely is this to get to the Supreme Court pretty quickly?
11: I think it's unlikely to get to the court quickly. Uh, The individual mandates aren't supposed to kick in for for a few years. And so this is going to take a while. Uh, If there's something that they can challenge in court sometime soon, they've made clear they're going to do that and they're going to keep up the drumbeat.
13: Well, wouldn't they try to do it as soon as possible? Because this court is rather conservative, as we saw with FDR. Uh, in the early days, when the court was in extremely conservative, he couldn't get anything past the court, and it was only later, when the the uh, the court changed, membership members of the court changed, that the New Deal was uh, was allowed to to go into effect.
11: Well, that's absolutely right, and you heard just a couple of weeks ago, Clint Bullock, who's a conservative legal activist, saying, in his words that he's itching to litigate the healthcare mandates given, in his words, the current composition of the Supreme Court. It really all depends on who's sitting up on that dais in the black robes.
13: There is one big difference. The uh, the court uh, during FDR's time uh, was, most of the members were rather old. In fact, they were, what was... They even had a nickname for that. Uh, But most of the conservative members here are rather young.
11: Well, that's right. The the court uh, that Roosevelt faced when he entered office in 1933 was the oldest Supreme Court in American history. In 1937, at the moment that Roosevelt proposed his court packing plan, the average age of a justice on that court was 71 years old. Currently, it's actually only around 68, 69 years. And the conservatives, as you pointed out, are more, in in most cases, recent appointees, and so they're younger. Uh, The conservatives in the 30s had been conservative long
13: before FDR became president.
11: Well, uh, they had um, been conservative longer than he had been president, and they'd been around a a lot longer. Uh, These were, in in some cases, really 19th century men. One of those justices, Willis Van Devanter, remembered uh, having seen as a young boy Lincoln's funeral (laughs) procession. And when Charles Evans Hughes, the chief justice, was at Brown University, uh, not only did he not have running water in his uh, dorm or uh, central electricity, but he had a separate closet just for coal so he could uh, feed his uh, coal burning stove in the room to keep warm. So these were men who came of age in a very different era than Roosevelt.
13: And Willis Van uh, Devanter had planned to quit the court. But then decided he changed his mind.
11: Well, he changed his mind. And this was one of the great ironies of the court packing fight is there were two justices, both Van Devanter and George Sutherland, who were old and somewhat ill. And as they saw Roosevelt about to enter office, they hoped that he wouldn't. They hoped that Hoover would win. But they were really eager either way to get off the court. And then Congress, in the middle of the Depression, decided to slash in half the pensions that were given to Supreme Court justices. This was the Depression, and these men had been in public service for a long time. They weren't, in most cases, sitting on a lot of money in their bank accounts. And so Mm -hmm. even though Congress restored the pensions, it made the justices feel very vulnerable. Uh, And Van Deventer says to his sister in a letter that uh, he's not sure that they won't do the same thing again tomorrow. So they stick around, and Roosevelt's denied the opportunity to appoint two new justices. And how old
13: were they when they
11: finally—did they
13: die? Is that how they left the court?
11: No, they didn't. Actually, uh, Van dealt a terrible blow to the court packing plan right in the middle of the battle in Congress over the plan when he announces that he's retiring. And so suddenly the rationale for packing the court is pulled right out from under Roosevelt. And so it is a carefully timed move, and he's worked it out in advance with a couple of the leaders of the opposition. And so on his way out, he he deals Roosevelt a severe blow. (laughs)
0: He's
1: That was great. Kind of interesting how it's 2021, 11 years later, and it's kind of pertinent to what's going on here. So court packing, you know, the, the New York Post actually put an article out from their editorial board and they labeled it opinion, but court packing is a full frontal assault on our democracy, which indeed it is. And remember, they are going to do it the same way. <laughs> and you're going to say, it's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. And you're telling the world and they're sitting there, I feel like Cassandra, (laughs) you're sitting there and you're like, look, last time it failed or it changed or did whatever because the Senate majority leader died. Now we have the Senate majority leader in a more morbid way, looking to pick his successor and nominating them. Like, I'm sorry, you get to pick. I'm sorry, people didn't elect for you to pick, but that's what they're doing because they need to move things along but on the other hand could it be to protect the decision who knows nobody knows and that's the beauty of free will and life it's like a box of chocolates you never know what you're going to eat and i really really dislike the ones that have coffee liquor in them so uh it's quite interesting how nadler and his buddies just decided that they're going to be pushing a Supreme court packing bill. Like the penguin is out in full force. And I don't see how Democrats are okay with this. Cause this doesn't stop from when someone comes in, you know, who knows someone like a Schumer may come in. I'm just saying, which you know is a clown. He also looks like a character from Batman, right? Another version of the Joker. And, um, he, um, um, He pretends and he's so liberal and then he comes in and he just flips the script on them. I mean, infiltration, right? I don't know. We don't know. Box of chocolates, right? But this is it. Biden, Pelosi, and all of them have opposed court packing, calling it stupid or a bonehead idea like Joe Biden said. But now they're doing it. Pelosi said that she's going to block the bill for now, but calls for an idea to be considered idea to be considered, you know what they're worried about? People like you. People like you that will actually remove every single one of them. I mean, you are powerful. You are a force to be reckoned with. You are the people. And together, they cannot remove you. Now, someone asked, can a Supreme Court justice be impeached? Well, Consensus says,
14: yes. Our Daily Verify segment brings you the straight facts, but the context you need and the sources to back it up. So a viewer asked us to find out whether Congress can remove a Supreme Court justice if it's proven they lied during their confirmation hearings. Well, Judge Kavanaugh, any nominee, swears under oath to tell the truth at the start of their confirmation hearings. And under federal code, if a person knowingly falsifies or conceals information from government officials, That's perjury, subject to a fine and imprisonment for up to five years. But can a justice be booted off once he or she takes the bench? Yes, but it's very difficult. The process for removing a Supreme Court justice, or any federal judge for that matter, is the same as removing a president. It has to be done through impeachment. And under the Constitution, justices shall hold their offices during good behavior. Now, we checked with constitutional law experts who say a justice can be impeached, As long as a majority, 50 percent plus one of the House of Representatives agrees. And then there's a trial in the Senate where two thirds, 67 votes, would be needed for removal. Now, the only Supreme Court justice to be impeached was Associate Justice Samuel Chase in 1805 for refusing to dismiss biased jurors. The House of Representatives passed articles of impeachment against him, but he was acquitted in the Senate. So we can verify. Yes, a Supreme Court justice can technically be impeached for lying. During their confirmation hearings. But in the 230 years of our constitutional democracy, a justice has never been removed from office. Our verified court is.
1: I mean, you know, Justice Roberts did and was one of the final deciders to strip us of our constitutional rights. And it's happening across the nation. It's not just the Supreme Court, the federal Supreme Court. You can impeach local Supreme Court. Yes, indeed, your local Supreme Court. If you've got Pharisees sitting in your local Supreme Court, guess what? It's a lot easier to get them removed there. Hence the start with your state.
9: Targeting the West Virginia. Here we go. There was some stunning testimony today in the impeachment hearings targeting the West Virginia State Supreme
12: Court. They include charges that state workers were ordered to do work at the home of at least one Supreme Court justice who's also accused of misusing state vehicles. 13 News Chief Political Reporter Mark Curtis is more.
14: I didn't recognize it as one, but I, he mentioned that it was a Cass Gilbert desk.
8: Court this security officer lawfare. Jess Gundy was on the witness stand all morning long. He described three separate trips to the home of now suspended Justice Alan lawfrey The officer described those trips in a state van to move furniture, including the historic Cass Gilbert desk that was moved there from the state capitol complex. A neighbor even snapped photos of state workers moving furniture in and out of the Lawfrey home.
14: And he said he he just wanted to get it out of his house even though he wasn't doing anything wrong by having it. To...
8: some lawmakers are divided on whether the law or state rules were broken
12: the biggest fact about it is it was at his house and that to me means that he committed a
5: larceny
8: it sounded like it was in his home office from one of the questions I asked him. So it was being used for home office applications. So. Justice Lawfrey has said a couch removed from his home was given to him by a former justice and was not state property. Lawfrey's attorney was allowed to ask questions at the impeachment hearing, but chose not to. On another matter, there was testimony that Justice Lawfrey used state vehicles for personal use. All the time,
14: he's taking the black Buick. He'd just let us know, but he wouldn't tell us where he was going.
8: So it was pretty common for him to take on the weekends, and you mentioned holidays as well. Yes. Um, the
10: average West Virginian, you know, they have to pay for their own gas. They have to make their own car payments. They have to buy their
8: own computers. This, uh, this legislature, we're going to continue to uh, go through this process and get to the bottom of this. The impeachment hearings continue on Friday. At this point, there is no deadline for the House to conclude its impeachment huh. hearings. The leadership saying it will take its time to make sure they get this right. At the state capitol in Charleston, I'm Mark Curtis, 13 News, working for you.
9: You have to ask As yourself. As part of tomorrow's hearing, members of the House Judiciary Committee will tour the Supreme Court offices. However, the press is being banned from that tour, even though the impeachment hearings constitute an open meeting under West Virginia law. We have our legal team working on getting us access so that you, the taxpaying public, can see property that belongs to you. Um, I like the way
1: she speaks. She's very articulate, but she looks like a mean girl. <laughs> the question is what was true and what was not? I mean, there's a lot of stuff I have on district judges. Oh, but it's not time now. That'll come when the tribunals actually begin. See, there's some, oh, a lot. Of, well. Why aren't you just, what, where, where are we going to put this? How is it going to stick? Stop. Putting it all out there isn't going to help. Okay. Putting it all out there is not going to help. So, oh, this is quite interesting. There's a, I'm sorry. I just got distracted because I do a lot of things at once. But apparently, the Twitch channel that was not mine went from no viewers to they only had what was it? Eight viewers, but they had almost 16,000 followers. Ranked number 310th on Twitch, top 3.3% of Twitch. What? Who owned this? I wonder what, I didn't even know that there was a Twitch tracker. See, I really don't care. I just use platforms to have diversity um, in how you guys can access myself. I mean, you know, you can find me on, uh, you know, other platforms. And I'm on every, almost every single uh, platform there is. Uh, but that's pretty awesome. That was the fake account. That was the fake account. I wonder what mine is. I didn't even know that was it. Okay. Fair enough. Sorry. Distraction. ADD. Now let's just take a quick um, I, I really need a coffee refill break and we'll be right back with um, more stuffs I guess a great wake-up to monsters is what we need That's really what we need <laughs>
0: feel my way through the darkness, got it by a beating heart. I can't tell where the journey will end, but I know where to start. They tell me I'm too young to understand. They say I'm caught up in a dream, but life will pass me by if I don't know
1: monsters not just under our bed but on our screens right? <laughs> everywhere we look so during the break i actually didn't kick on my stupid coffee machine I, I i didn't even realize i drank everything um so i had to restart it but um I was actually just looking frustrated with no coffee that this fake account that um, kind of um, was impersonating me was gaining 2,066 followers per hour. That sounds like Twitch may be having a problem with bots because I know it was none of you guys. And that's so bizarre um, that, uh, you know, the followers went from March 21st to April 21st. Um, that high and the maximum people that they had on their stream were just a little over 10. Um, it's clearly a bot farm. So that's actually of concern. Um, and shows that this was a setup, uh, a real setup. Uh, that's. That's a Ali Akbar. That's an Akbar thing. Now we've just invented a new word, an Akbar. So, um, you know, that was actually, I'm going to put together an email and send it to Twitch support to bring this to their attention because no matter what we think of the dominance of the Amazon brand, right? Um, uh, it is, um, it is crucial for their security and their brand to not have things like that. Uh, so maybe I can actually, I should write an article about it because I love the Twitch. I'm sure all of you do too. I love the watch parties. I love everything, but it turns out that there are troll farms and um, that is a big issue with fake reports and fake everything. So this is fabulous that we caught it, that you guys caught it. And that I think terrifies them even more not only do we bind together and work together for a common cause, which is, you know, uh, advocating for our nation's values and promoting unity and prosperity among all. But, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting how, uh, you know, things go. If you understand how, um, you know, <laughs> how things are construed, right? Uh, Well, I would say, we know that demagogues, right? Their, their attempt, their, what they do is that they're leaders that use popular prejudices and false claims and promises to gain power and false claims and promises to gain power. That's, that's pretty insane. That is pretty, pretty insane. It's a, it's it's using your shadow against you. And um, apparently other people have looked into this. I'm number 524 on Twitch as an English channel, and I'm ranked 1,160 overall in one profile thing. Um, and I'm at the top 0.01% of Twitch. Wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. And I was, and I created my channel, get this, October 30th, 2019. Um, And one would say, you created this, why weren't you streaming there? Because it just wasn't time yet. I was kind of, you know, just doing my thing. I set up the accounts because I knew that I was going to do it everywhere. But in order to stream, I need to be uh you know i have to have the software for it i have to be able to get it done you know not saying that it's not bootleg right now i mean <laughs> my sound's usually not that good but i'm not a sound engineer so hey but okay now i see what the problem is i didn't even think that it was that i was that that um that up there 0.01% of twitch that's a that's a really big deal twitch is massive um wow <laughs> Okay, I didn't even know that. So now I guess that uh, that means that I'm forced to be reckoned with. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Nobody cares. You know what they don't like? Is people that break their system, meaning that they don't fit in any, any molds. Now, I am a big, big proponent of lovely movies and things, but did you guys know that VidAngel, the people that are behind, um, uh, The Chosen, the great, um, revamps of, uh, Bible stories were actually sued? Because they weren't allowed to do what they were, what they were doing, which is crowdsourcing and paying it forward. I want you guys to hear this just so that you could see this battle has been ongoing. It's not just now.
9: Is VidAngel legal? VidAngel is being sued by Disney, Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox, and Lucasfilm. You might be asking, are these studios just trying to get buzzed by piggybacking on the VidAngel brand? We'll let historians answer that. But first, the bigger question. Is VidAngel legal? We say we're legal. Disney says we're pirates. But Disney made pirates two through four, so who's the real criminal here? Whatever you believe, know that if VidAngel gets shut down, it's the end of filtering. Here's why. In 2005, Congress passed the Family Movie Act to protect the choice to filter. Just as a director gets to choose what goes into a movie, a family watching at home gets to decide what to mute and skip, and filtering is like a fancy remote to make muting and skipping easier. So everyone has their choice. Sure, what a director puts in may offend some viewers, and what a viewer takes out may offend some directors. But being offended doesn't mean you get to make choices for other people, or else college students would rule the world. Well, Hollywood didn't like that law, so the studios signed secret contracts with the Directors Guild and distributors to create a force field against filtering. The contract said no one could filter or partner with filtering companies, basically blocking filtering from the whole streaming market. We only know all this because Sony got hacked by North Korea and their contracts became public. Probably because North Korea is a big fan of filtering, just not the voluntary kind. And this is where VidAngel comes in, because that force field blocked us four times. We teamed up with Google to filter their licensed Google Play movies, but Hollywood told Google no. Later, when we tried to license directly, the studios said no again, even though we had the money. We tried to buy discs directly, and they said no. We made a product that let you filter movies you already bought on YouTube. They got it shut down. Our competitor, Clearplay, does essentially the same thing. And if they ever get big enough to be a threat, the studios will probably shut them down, too. Basically, the force field worked. For 10 years, no one could stream filtered movies, proving that Disney is so magical they can make congressional laws disappear. But the Family Movie Act struck back. Congress knew Hollywood hated filtering, because before 2005, there had been 12 filtering companies. And Hollywood sued, let me check my math, all of them. They sued every filtering company. So the law said filtering companies don't need Hollywood's permission. They just need to meet three requirements. The movie is an authorized copy watched in the privacy of the home and no permanent filtered copy is created. Notice that Hollywood here is like your fiance's parents. It'd be nice to get their approval, but if you can't, you're still doing this thing. Also, they'll never give their approval in my experience. So what happens when Congress wants a company to exist, but Hollywood doesn't? Well, it's going to be a weird company. To filter streamed movies despite the Hollywood force field, VidAngel has to buy authorized DVDs and Blu-rays from retailers, sell them to customers, and stream the filtered movie to customers at home without making a permanent copy, meeting all three of Congress's requirements. That's pretty weird. But weird is not the same as illegal. Just ask Shia LaBeouf. For instance, it's weird for a startup to provide $1 movies without the studio's permission and pay by buying discs instead of licensing. But it was weird when Redbox did all those things too, and they were legal. Though the studios tried and failed to shut them down. It's also weird that VidAngel decrypts discs. But if you've ever used a DVD player, then so have you, and you're probably legal. So let's look closer. First, the discs. A law called the DMCA forbids unauthorized decryption of discs. Here's why VidAngel's okay. The DMCA doesn't apply here. Congress wanted the Family Movie Act to protect filtering companies from unfair Hollywood lawsuits. So they made clear that filtering companies who meet those three requirements would be immune to Copyright Act lawsuits. And since the DMCA is part of the Copyright Act, It shouldn't apply here. But even if it did, decryption is necessary to fulfill the Family Movie Act. Without decryption, Hollywood's force field makes it impossible to filter at all. So either VidAngel can legally decrypt discs, or Congress passed a law that didn't change the law. Plus, VidAngel is legal under fair use. The fair use doctrine allows companies like VidAngel to use copyrighted works since our use is transformative and the filtering increases Hollywood's movie sales. Meaning the DMCA doesn't apply here, we didn't break it anyway, and even if we had, fair use makes that legal. So to quote MC Hammer and those jerks at the Louvre, you can't touch this. Now, Hollywood claims our reasons are bogus and decryption isn't the legal way to stream filtered movies. But when we ask what that legal way is, their only answer is the YouTube method we tried earlier, which they got shut down. That's like your fiance's parents saying, no, don't marry this daughter. But how about this other daughter who you already dated, who we murdered? In other words, there aren't other options for streaming filtered movies. VidAngel is filtering's last stand. Now, the piracy crowd says we don't pay Hollywood enough. But remember, we pay them just like Redbox by buying discs. And just like Redbox, we have to buy a lot or we go out of stock. In fact, we spend about a third of our revenue on discs. So if we're pirates, then we're terrible pirates. Just not as terrible as Pirates 2 through 4. And again, we want to cooperate with Hollywood. We want licensing. But Hollywood seems determined to crush the entire filtering industry. VidAngel isn't a loophole. It's a last resort. So here's how you can help. First, keep using VidAngel and sharing it with your friends. The more customers we bring in, the better. Second, go to savefiltering.com and sign the petition to help protect VidAngel. Every voice matters. And finally, share this video, especially with our critics. Some people will never love us, but we hope we can convince them that we're not criminals. We're just trying to protect the personal choice of families. Thanks for your support. You help make filtering possible. So as a reward, here's some smooth jazz.
1: Okay, I'm going to use that, and I'm going to start ending my shows. I'm going to find some smooth, non-DCMA attackable jazz hits and say, "Well, uh, thanks for supporting. Being uh, thanks for supporting our constitution. Here's some smooth jazz to thank you for it. Have a great evening. I think that would be a great outro. Love him. Maybe I'll do a dance too. I mean, come on. Did you know about that? Obviously not. Because a lot of people don't talk about, you know, uh, these uh, monopolies, these uh, higher and mightier than thou, right? That's that's how they work. That's how they operate, and that's how they want you to believe they have power, but they really, really don't. Now, Project Veritas is really on fire. Yesterday, we watched two of their videos. Here's part three, where. They admit that they are supporting a domestic terrorist organization. Take a listen.
12: You. Admit, a bunch of black men that have been attacking Asian. What are we doing? Like, we're trying to like help, like with the VLA. Charlie
15: Chester will shock you even more. This time. We see Chester reconciling the truth that actually exists compared to what happens in his own network.
12: I was trying to do some research on like the Asian hate, like uh, you know, the, the people are getting attacked. With, uh, a bunch of I black men that have been attacking Asians. Um, so I'm like, what are you doing? Like we're trying to like help like with the BLM and like we're gonna like. I mean, it's individuals. It's not a people. You know, um, that's not good. The optics of that are not good. The, these little things like that are enough to set back movements. You know, because the the, the, uh, the far left will start to latch on and create the story of like um, criminalizing an entire people. You know, just easy easier headlines. I right? guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. So you're saying that the
0: this far left would label a whole genre of people? I, I kind of miss your point. Um,
12: that like, uh, no, the conservatives. Sorry, not the far left. But uh, you, I've noticed that like you will get headlines that you know like um lump people together as opposed to focusing on the individual. I mean, that's what Trump ended up doing with, like, the um, trend of And that puts so much flame on an entire group of people as opposed to, you know, a few careless people. Right. Like, right, the actual source, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... I mean, but it, it, is, it, is it normal for the media to, like, so say there's a white, white shooter, black shooter? Which one are we going to, you know, like?
12: Yeah, I, the longest while, like, the story was, like, people were, like, la- lapping up that it was, like, you know, white guys for, like, so long. I don't I haven't seen anything about focusing on the color of people's skin that aren't white. It just they just aren't saying anything. You know what I mean? They're just not all of a sudden that story loses a little steam and they just like leave it there. I don't know. I think I, I it's gotta be trends like what people will latch on to, you know.
0: Oh. You were telling our channel
12: you were telling me you just
0: saying like how media is the greatest
12: weapon. Uh, yeah. Where were you going to go with
0: that? Um, I
8: mean, it's just yeah. um, what
0: propaganda. You
12: like
8: it you can really.
12: Yeah. Sorry, my chime just went off. Uh, um, what do you mean by
0: uh,
12: Like you can shape an entire people's perception about anything on how you do it, right? Like, it's quite, like, forcing a story to help, like, your platform, you know? Like, you can all of a sudden say, like, coal is the future of, like, energy. Well, that could be propaganda because, like, who owns the company might have stake in, like, gold. So, like, like Trump um, getting blasted all over, like, constant feeds of, like, Twitter, and Fox giving them a platform is what fueled
15: that fire, you know? Is CNN the most trusted name in news? Their own employees are telling us that they're not. But the same employees that tell us that they're not are also participating in the propaganda that they're ashamed of. And that's perhaps the greatest tragedy of all. That Charlie Chester is willing to say these things privately. He's willing to say the quiet part out loud privately. But they don't have the courage to say so publicly. And as Jim Chudo told me when I was walking out of this door, he's been a journalist for 25 years. Well, Jim Chudo, your own colleagues should have the courage to say publicly what they'll tell us privately. And if you're a journalist, you should stand up and do exactly that. Stand by the credo of journalism. Inform the people. Uh, you have an obligation and a duty to the people. Mm-hmm. Without fear or favor, I doubt Charlie Chester will be the last employee we hear from at CNN.
1: That's so true. What have I been saying? Now, you might say, well, Project Veritas isn't reporting on your stuff, Tori. That's not their scope, right? That's not their, that's not their reporting thing right? That's not what they do. They infiltrate, right? And they expose, right? So again, when I call out all these, you know, queens and kings of social media, which, you know, are obviously not kings and queens of social media, um, for uh, putting out the news, this is it. You claim to be a journalist. Why aren't you talking about what the truth is? Why won't you speak up? And that is how you see the difference between falsities, placed news, and actual. Now let's go to more current Project Veritas news. Yesterday after publishing those videos, uh, James O'Keefe was banned from Twitter. And let's keep it this way. For now, Twitter has the right to do whatever they want. They go completely unchecked. They fancy that they want to remove him. They will remove him. Because right now it's an echo chamber of bots and people that don't really use Twitter for news. Um, And it's just trolling. So uh, what's incredible is that um, they decided to exercise that right. Take a listen to what James O'Keefe had to say about it.
15: So today Twitter suspended me permanently. I got an email saying that I was suspended for operating fake accounts. This account will not be reinstated. This comes on the heels of our extraordinary exposed CNN series. All of those videos are now taken down. This is not a coincidence. This is sick. When you go to my Twitter page, you actually see a CNN promoted tweet under my name. On Monday, we are filing a lawsuit. We are going to sue them. Now, they think they're protected by Section 230. You are not protected under United States law to lie about me with malice, with reckless disregard for the truth. We already won against The New York Times in the New York Supreme Court on a motion. We're going to get discovery into The New York Times. And now we're going to get discovery into Twitter. You cannot get away with this. You can follow me on Telegram here. You can donate to pay our legal bills here. We were going to sue CNN. And now we're going to sue Twitter. Stay tuned.
1: And it looks like I might have to be suing the New York Times, too, which they already lost at, right? It looks like I will. Now, I actually found my Twitch profile. Um, I just wanted to share it with you guys so you can see what organic grassroots growth is. And this is what's terrifying them as, to bo- as opposed to bot growth and, uh, you know, fake growth. So this is my profile. I rank 1160th on uh Twitch's platform. Uh this is uh my followers per hour decline. 12.8 followers I lose every hour. Um I gained 13,000 views like in general and how many hours have been watched. It says, um, right now I'm on the live stream and I have 3,572 people, um, 0.18% of all English viewers, um, and 22.84% of people that watch talk shows and podcasts watch my talk show and podcast. Um, So it's not that big, but you can see um, my average viewers in July when I started were 82, My average viewers in August were 390. My average viewers in September were 551. Then 611 in October. Then 865 average viewers in November. 917 in December. 1,551 in January. 1,971 in February. Sorry, January, then February. And in March, I had an average of 2,990 people watching. So, so far in April, my average is 2,811. So the, and that's probably because I haven't streamed much. So it's quite interesting to see the total hours of my content watched on Twitch is nearly 800,000 hours of my content has been watched. And my following, as you can see, has organically grown. I don't use bots. I've said that before. I don't need bots. People go, uh, you know, to where the truth is. That's where it is. Now, I am not your typical surge. I am, look, mellow, going, and that's it. And so, this is how my growth is. It's quite simply not bots. I do not have any bots. Now, you'll see from my streams here that I had alive on July 19th when I started, I had eight viewers. So if we go to August 19th, um, which is, I, I think it was a day off, right? It was because Millie and Gavin were arrested. So August 18th, I had a six hour viewing thing for 499 average viewers. And if we go to September 19th, since I started on the 19th, mm, we'll go to the 20th. I had 471 viewers. That was my average for that day. And October 19th, I guess we'll go to 18th, 19th, 754. This is what organic growth looks like, right? This is where you know the person isn't about bots, but it's about growing organically. And this is just one channel. The same thing kind of happened with my YouTube, with my Facebook, um, with all my channels. I don't pay for people to place me. I don't ask for people to thump me. The truth is the truth. And no one, you know, <laughs> no one can silence it. But I, you know, look at this, I realize what their problem is, that it's been a consistent, you know, organic growth. Look, it's, this is how it was. Like, this is what my numbers were. I'd be gaining 10 followers a day, right? And then, let's see, then I would be gaining four. Yeah, so it's like an average of 10 people a day. and That's how you go. And now I'm actually losing followers, like four or five. I gained 24. I lost, you know, this is how it happens. And that's the balance because as you saw, I lost followers today according to this, but I'm still rising apparently. It doesn't matter who follows. The thing is the truth that people see it. So I thought I would show you what a chart of organic growth looks like, right? You don't just go from zero to hero. And, you know, that's uh, that's how it is. These are famous streams plus 18. Am I not plus 18? Maybe I can put it as plus 18. I don't need to because I don't, um, I don't use plus 18 content. I think those are the ones, you know, that like pose with naughty sailor moon things or something. I don't know. I have no idea. Haven't rated any one of those channels. But these are the statistics that they put out. So this is pure organic growth. Uh, You know, no, I've been on for less than a year and I've had organic growth. And considering something like this, it's either a plateau or or a continuation of it, which is, oh my gosh, they have the Oscars on. Who's going to watch that? Nobody. Um, (laughs) Look at all these ads. I don't want to see these ads. So these are the stats. This is how they go. See, I lost 179 people. I gained. This is how it works. I didn't even know those numbers. I'm like fascinated. I'm just watching with all of you and explain to you. But uh, <clears throat> this is just an example of what organic uh, organic growth looks like, whereas the other one went from one month to the other like that, right? It just went straight up to whatever I had, which means that it was an imitation account on purpose to be used and posed as the actual. So um, anyway, as you see, um, James O'Keefe is going to have to file lawsuits. And I feel that 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 has to happen with the New York Times, too. And it's not because they're targeting me, per se. They're targeting all of us. They're saying that they can call us whatever they want they can demand that we are unpersoned, you know. I've never demanded that Suzuki be unpersoned for convincing everyone that hairspray, uh, you know, created holes in the ozone when we know it's volcanoes, right? Uh, so <laughs> it's, um, it's quite fascinating, um, to actually uh, live it uh, because, you know, they never come after you unless you're a threat. And the question is, what is it that you threaten? do you threaten their well-being their existence probably because just like the cnn guy said the only thing that terrifies them are grassroots movements and and this is exactly it and um uh i wanted to put for you to see the most recent report by newsmax um that was just put up about um court packing I believe we should end today's show with that. This weekend, we'll do some stuff. Definitely movie night, of course, every Sunday. But I wanted us to um, kind of, you know, watch this. Ooh, and I also thought, okay, so there's like this new series on Prime, and I'm kind of inclined to watch it every night, even though I really want to binge watch it. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I should just do it as a watch party because we could watch it together. Um. And I'll let you know, because I need to know that I have time to do that in the evening and then I'm not going anywhere. Uh, So I'll let you guys know on that on Telegram. Okay, here we go. Let's let's fast forward through the music. There we go. Here we go.
16: Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nather out in front of the U.S. Supreme Court yesterday. Some people will say we're packing the court. We're not packing it. We're unpacking it. Senator McConnell and the Republicans packed the court over the last couple of years. As Senator uh, uh, Markey outlined. So this is. A a reaction to that, it's a necessary step in the evolution of the court. A necessary step. Uh, They're not packing, they're unpacking. Up is down, left is right. What are we supposed to make of this? Let's welcome in now Florida Congressman Byron Donalds to talk a little bit more about this. Congressman, great to see you as always.
3: Good to see you. Good to be with you.
16: Only in 2021 uh, is packing the court unpacking the court right uh you and i both kind of saw this same thing the side-by-side image of senator ed markey from five years ago and then from yesterday and of course a complete opposite back then he was saying we need nine nine justices on the u.s supreme court of course yesterday he's
3: saying expand the court what changed congressman <laughs> what changed is that uh markey and gerald madler and frankly a lot of democrats what they want is they want the court to be the same ideological bet that they grew accustomed to for the last 40 years. They don't like the fact that the court actually has a conservative bent to actually follow the Constitution and actually follow the letters of the Constitution, actually that the words mean what they actually meant when it was passed. They don't want that. They want an ideological court that is going to make decisions based upon the political issues of the day that the Democrats always try to push every single day. And because under Donald Trump's presidency, We had an ability to actually bring the court back to its original bent, meaning that they were actually following the Constitution significantly more than had been in the past. They're upset. So they want to change the rules again. This is what they always seem to do.
16: Yeah. Just like Harry Reid dropped the nuclear option on the federal judiciary all those years ago. And elections have consequences, just not the consequences that Democrats were thinking of when they uh, dropped that famous line. Uh, You know, a lot of people said yesterday to Congressman, oh, well, Nancy Pelosi says this isn't going to get a Floor vote. She's not seriously considering that. So you can all relax. Are, are, does that give you any uh, you know, comfort knowing that Nancy Pelosi is not in favor of this?
3: No, it doesn't. <laughs> Listen, this is one of these things that we have to always be vigilant against. The reality is, is that the Supreme Court has been at nine for a significantly long time. The last time they tried this maneuver, FDR tried to pack the court because he wanted the court to rule his way on his new deal policies. And at the time, even Democrats opposed it. But this is something that's always there. And we have to make sure that we are very vigilant on this issue. Uh, They systematically want their their policies and their politics institutionalized. They thought the Supreme Court was going to give that to them. Now they know that they don't have ultimate power, which is their goal. And so that's why you have this idea of wanting to pack the card.
16: You know, I'm starting to wonder, considering Democrats blame everything on race nowadays, if they're starting to realize that that uh, is having some diminishing returns uh, using that same narrative over and over again, because now I see the vice president is going back to blaming the border crisis on climate change. She is quoted in a New York Post editorial board op ed. Uh, I'm quoting this here. There is this need for economic development, a need for resilience around extreme climate because, quote, severe climate experiences have been dampening agriculture in the Northern Triangle nations where most of the border crossers come from. She is doing everything she possibly can to avoid. The problem where it's at where it actually is. And we're talking about the kids in cages that the administration is now overseeing. She wants to talk about the Northern Triangle and the quote unquote root causes, but she can't blame their inability to cope with the amount of people coming into this country right now to climate change that it was wide open. She can't blame that on climate change.
1: Yes, they can, because climate change is like anything. Breastfeeding is climate change. Corruption is climate change. The fact that they have shell companies is climate change. The fact that, I don't know, Hunter Biden owns, you know, owes, uh, has a tax lien of $112,000 from 2015 is climate change. The fact that, you know, he um, owes people money. Is climate change. The fact that he has, you know, a chase card balance of over 24,000 is climate change. You know, all of these things are climate change. The IRS taxes that he owns in California and Illinois being $32,655. Climate change, right? Taxes waiting, you know, to, to see how much someone is going to pay for climate change. All the debt is climate change. Everything is climate change. A total of $559,000 is climate change. I mean, get with the program, guys. Everything is climate change. Just like KLBJ Radio in Austin reported that Alex Jones was hospitalized in serious condition after passing out in a restaurant. And if that's the case, I'll pray for him. But it could be associated with the fact that one of his own producers was rolled up by the Popo for their, uh, January 6th presence. And so, uh, that's gonna be interesting. Very interesting. Because now it all comes first full circle. You're gonna see exactly who painted you as terrorists. Who painted you as bad, bad people for wanting, uh, you know, uh, you know, to, to have your voices heard and listen to your present, you're going to know everything. And in the middle of this, you're going to see it's Ali Akbar. I mean, didn't CNN just reach out to him the other day and say, Hey, Ali, Kurt Devine with CNN here. I'm writing because my colleagues and I are working on a two hour documentary about individuals who went to Washington DC on January 6th. I'm just reaching out. See, everything ends at some point. Regardless of what any narrative is being pushed and what unity they want to push, the truth comes out regardless. The truth comes out regardless. Now, the radio station reported that yesterday. Alex Jones was on air looking good. Thank God, right? We would never wish him any ill. And I hope that he repents for all the things that he's done. But it seems like he's blaming Mike Lindell for his editor being rested and raided this weekend. Um, in this week in Austin. So that's a kind of interesting considering that everyone thinks that Mike Lindell is aligning with, you know, the far right. So it's, it's good to be able to find it. I mean, uh, truth comes out regardless. And truth stands stronger than anything. And so while people, you know, like to elaborate on things and take their own spins on things, truth is truth. And you know what's funny, right? Um, they cancel people. They've canceled me uh, in uh, any place that is abiding by their, they cancel me, supposedly, but I can't be canceled because nobody owns me. The only people that I have interests of is that are the people and the people are the ones that will hold me up. So I know this um, blow by the New York Times will cancel my last contract and make me completely unemployable and that's okay. Um, Millie is not coming back for a while on Twitch. Um, she's decided to focus on Quix and her, um, documentary, um, that she's putting together. She's putting other videos together. That's what I know. Um, I should do a stereo with her and have her on. Um, but that's, uh, that's something that, you know, um, is quite interesting because, uh, Quix is coming quick. And I shared with you, uh, Gavin's, uh, tweet where Blackberry tried to shut Quicks down and that's the first legal battle. So, um, it's really disruptive and it's going to change things and people don't like change, especially when they can't control it. So, uh, let's hope that all grassroots movements maintain their grass, uh, roots, uh, roots, right? Because as you've realized, in the past you know, few months that that's really not the case. Um, people are not always sticking to their grassroots movements. I mean, Alex Jones used to be, and then something changed. Something called controlled opposition. So for those of you on Twitch, we're going to be reading soon. On that note, I want to wish you guys a fabulous weekend. I'll let you know... Um, You know, what we'll be doing this weekend, except for movie night, which is always um, on Sunday night. And um, I have a few movies lined up. We'll see which one. God bless. Have a wonderful weekend. And know that in the end, we win. It's just, can we make the end come faster? Because I'm pretty impatient. God bless. Desert
0: highway, cool wind in my hair. Warm smell of colitas Rising up through the air Up ahead in the distance I saw a shimmering light My head grew heavy and my sight grew dim I had to stop for the night There she stood in the doorway. I heard the mission bell. I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven, or this could be hell. Then she lit up a candle, showed me the way. There were voices down the corridor. Heard them say welcome to the hotel california